0: Good evening. Welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're glad that you're able to be with us tonight on Facebook and on Zoom. And if you're watching a recording of this on YouTube or our podcast, we're uh, grateful that we can bring the Word of the Lord tonight. And we just pray that God would speak to us um, in a personal way as well as a corporate level way. And so if you would just join me uh, before we get going into the Word of the Lord in a time of prayer. Ask the Lord to just minister to us tonight. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your everlasting love. We ask, the Lord, that you would just have your way tonight as we open up your word. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory as you fill us up and pour us out upon your people and allow us to have ears to hear and hearts to receive what you have for us tonight. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory in all things. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And uh, want to talk a little bit tonight on becoming or being kingdom focused. Being kingdom focused. Um, we are in a day and an age right now where um, there's a lot of different things pulling our attention trying to distract us, and God is wanting us to be kingdom-focused. So uh, we're excited about what God is doing at Spirit of Grace Church and all of the things that are getting ready to start kicking back up. Grace College, Chain Breakers, ladies are meeting this weekend. So we're going to have a great uh, next couple of weeks, and we're excited about what God is doing here locally in Coon Rapids. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse number 41 It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and in breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And uh, that's a great passage of the scripture. Most people will tell you that that is at the beginning of the birth of the church, is found in Acts chapter 2. And in the very first day or two, that the Lord added greatly to that church and uh, gives us a pattern, if you will, to become focused on the things of God and the kingdom of God. And so uh, tonight I want to just share with you what I believe what it means to become kingdom focused. And uh, the first thing I have to do is point out a couple of things that uh, being kingdom focused is not or... Poor focus, if you will. Poor focus, uh, you know, I'm looking at people on Zoom and I'm looking at myself in the camera and I've got to wear glasses and sometimes the glasses help me and sometimes they hinder me because of my eyesight. And when I have poor focus, you can end up being frustrated or you can end up being uh, getting headaches and being uncomfortable. And so when I'm able to focus on something, then I, I do much better. And that's really what I'm talking about here tonight, is to become uh, kingdom focus. In order to, first of all, become kingdom-focused, you have to identify the things that cause poor focus or bring things out of focus and blur uh, the lines and the, the dimensions that God has prepared for you. So the first one, uh, in a church that is, has poor focus or is unfocused, is it is looking at itself. The focus is on itself. And when you focus on the the entity that you are a part of, you will have poor focus. Uh, Focusing on itself as far as a church is concerned, uh, that's the old country club mentality. It And within that, you end up placing tradition above truth. You end up placing... Um, that's the way it was, and so that's the way we're going to operate instead of saying, God, what are you wanting us to do now? Um, in in our old terminology, it would have been the sacred cow. We have a lot of sacred cows when we have a lot of tradition and when we have a lot of focus on ourselves as the church. And it's in those times um, where power struggles begin to take place. And when all of that begins to to happen, obviously the church is not functioning at its highest level and because it's not functioning at its highest level, the focus on the kingdom is very poor. It's, it's the wrong focus. The second thing is that, that will let you know that you have poor focus is when you are focused on the pastor, for good or bad. Uh, I, I've seen churches where they have idolized their pastor and his family. And then when the pastor is human and makes a mistake, um, they're devastated and it they, they, they throws everything off. And, at the same, and then the flip side, I've seen where people um, operate their faith level or their focus level on whether or not they think the pastor's good or not good. And so if he's getting on their nerves, if he's not uh, pleasing to them, uh, then God's not in it. And so they become poorly focused. And it's, it, it's, it, it kind of works both ways. And in understanding that, uh, we have to understand that when we're focused on a man, really it's even beyond the pastor if you're focused on any individual uh, it's poorly focused the third thing is is when you focus on numbers and this is a church mentality um, of how many are there what's your average church attendance and you know when we went through our um, financing for our building we had to tell all of the people that were that were trying to get financing through how was your average attendance what was your average growth and and your numbers play a part but the problem is is the amount of people that you have attend your church is not a measuring stick or an accurate measuring stick, I should say, of measuring the health of a church the The numbers that you have, which we do keep track of um, is a measure to affect to measure our effectiveness in outreach or in visibility or in people recognizing that there's a church there. but it doesn't mean you're healthy. just because you're a big church doesn't mean you're healthy and just because you're a smaller church. Doesn't mean you're unhealthy. Focusing on the numbers is what gets people off uh, focus, out of focus, and you're missing the kingdom picture. And uh, in in Second Samuel, David was chastised by the Lord for counting his mighty men, his, his his warriors. And the reason why God got onto him about that was because David began to rely on his strength in numbers and his strength in the size of his mighty uh, men and when you do that he stopped leaning on the leadership of God and so to be poorly focused is to focus on numbers now you take that same concept to an individual level just because you're making money doesn't mean you're being successful and it doesn't mean that you're spiritually healthy. And just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're spiritually unhealthy. It just means that you're in a, in a situation or a season where you're uh, being molded and formed. And then the last one uh, to let you know if you're poorly focused is you're focused on me. And not me personally, but me. I'm focused on me. You're focused on yourself. You come to church or you come to the things of God with the mindset of what's in it for me what's in it what can i get from it what can i do about it and uh when you get to that place and you start operating on that level you're you're setting yourself up for great struggle and great fight because when you the kingdom of god is not designed for our comfort here on earth you'll never be comfortable here uh if you're really a part of the kingdom of god because His kingdom is not of this world. It's in this world, but it's not of this world. And so when you are connecting with the kingdom of God and you are in the kingdom of God and focused on the kingdom, you'll never be comfortable in this earth. And you'll never be comfortable with what's going on. But in the midst of that, you'll also have to understand that the comfort is going to come. When the kingdom of God is totally in control and, and we rest in the arms of the Savior and we're gathered around the throne together, There will be comfort, there will be peace, there will be joy. But uh, in in this place, in this season, in this time, on the earth, the church is designed to come together to worship the Lord and to learn about him. And when you begin to worship and you begin to learn the things of him, you will get offended because it's not about whether you agree or disagree. It's about what thus says the word of the Lord, and it's about what what can he do to mold us and frame us even better uh, than what we are right now and, and more importantly to what he wants us to become so that when we do get to heaven we will uh, be able to be comforted and, and dwell in that place of joy and peace but right now our focus can't be on us it's got to be on him it's got, we've got to get our minds off of the church itself off of the pastor or the leadership off the numbers of whether we're big or small, and we've got to get our focus off of ourselves where where we say, this, you know, what can I get from it? Now, I believe in preaching that God wants to meet you where you're at, and God wants to give you things and lead you in areas and bless you, but that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is how is God going to receive glory in this situation, not how am I going to be blessed in this situation? So having shared those couple of things that Let's us know that we are in poor focus. I, I want to spend the rest of tonight uh, challenging us to get into focus and being able to folk become kingdom focused, God's kingdom, not our kingdom. And the first thing that we see in this passage in verse 41 is that kingdom focus comes into view when there is conversion. When there is conversion. In verse number 41, it says, They gladly received his word and were baptized. And the, it, it speaks of conversion. It speaks of change. It speaks of going from old man to a new man and starting a new chapter in life where the old nature and the old uh, things of this world are passed away and all things become new. And uh, conversion has to happen. If we just have a bunch of people that start attending our church and become a part of our church and there's never any change and there's never any redirection, then all we've gathered together is a group of people trying to make each other feel okay and appease our conscience and appease our spirit. God wants to change us. He wants to transform us. You'll read more often in scripture about transformation, reconciliation, uh, restoration, uh, change, uh and and so here's what i fear in in today's society even in the church society is we've 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 grabbed a hold of this mindset that god accepts us every way any way that he wants and we can stay that way but you can come to christ in any way shape or form that you're in but the flip side of knowing him is that he's going to change that old nature He's going to make adjustments in your attitude. I can't do things today like I did before I knew Christ. I can't be the same person that I was after I've come into contact with. There's got to be a change, and that is through conversion. The second thing that uh, kingdom is focused on is actually the blessing of the Lord, and sometimes we forget what a blessing is a blessing is not always that which gives us something that we didn't have how a blessing can be uh, there are times let me put it to you this way in a, in a very simple illustration uh, sometimes traffic jams are a blessing now I, I can't stand traffic I hate traffic I'll do whatever I can as long as I can keep the car moving I'll drive 20 miles out of the way if as long as I'm moving I don't like traffic and traffic jams, but there are times when God allows a traffic jam so that I avoid the accident that's a mile up the road. And so we classify as blessing is something that makes us feel good, something that, you know, a surprise of a hundred dollar bill in the mail or whatever it may be. And uh, sometimes when I say blessing here, becoming focused on blessing is that God has his best for us, whether it makes us feel good or it doesn't make us feel good. Um, there's been so many times that I've heard people share their testimony that they had gotten sick and they went in and got checked out and the doctors found something different that they wouldn't have found had they not become sick. Well, to me, that's a blessing of God to lead you to the next answer of, of, of what you're dealing with in life. and And so the blessings of God are not... The feel good stuff, the blessings of, our, of God are that he's moving in your life and he's directing your path and when you become focused on that concept that he's in control, that he's leading me and guiding me, whether it's through good, bad or ugly he's, that's a blessing from the Lord because there are seasons and things we don't know how good the mountaintop is unless we've walked through the valley and the the, the principle though is that he's with us in the valley and on the mountaintop and so I want to challenge you to focus on the blessings of God and recognize blessings above and beyond, um, above and beyond the what we have classified as as blessings—a miracle that comes our way, financial blessing, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's the negative of the earthly life that that posits uh, a blessing into our spirit lives. The third thing that I want to uh, address with you tonight: kingdom focus means that you have a focus on devotion. Verse 42 is an interesting passage. It says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They were devoted to it. Their devotion devotion and commitment nowadays don't mean hardly anything. Um, everybody signs a contract looking for the small print to get out of contracts. And... Uh, Uh, we live in a, in a season and an era where we're not committed or devoted to the, to even the kingdom of God. And I've used this example for several years. Um, we often treat the kingdom of God as a spoke on the wheel instead of the hub of the wheel. When God is wanting us to have the kingdom of God as the hub, and then everything else, uh, goes around what God is doing. And, uh, the, the the phrase comes to mind. Well, uh, if I'm not doing something, well then I'll then I'll I'll be at church. If I if I don't have other plans, then I'll be at this ministry or I'll be there or I'll do this. And if it fits into my schedule, if I haven't double booked already, and if I haven't filled my calendar already, and if I haven't spent my resources elsewhere, and if I haven't spent my time and energy uh, on whatever it is, whether it be a hobby, whether it be a job, whether it be a home, no matter what it is, if it fits in, then I'm all in. But if it doesn't fit on my calendar, if I had plans that day, well, then then I'm not going to do it. You know, just I'd like to sometimes ask people like that. So I guess I'm going to ask people like that that watch this: is what would happen if all the preachers and pastors in the the country decided, well, I just I'm busy on Sunday. Um, we're not. We're not going to have. We're. We're just. We're, I'm not committed to it. I'm just not going to be there. And the worship leader says, "Well, I'll come if I if I have time. I'll show up." If what what would happen if the leaders of the church did that? Well, what it, it, nothing would begin to happen. It would fall apart. Nobody would want to come to a church where the leadership, whether it be teacher, greeter, whether it be musician, singer, however it is, uh whether they show up, maybe maybe not. Um, and and so because people come to church expecting to have something happen And, and then as I was thinking about that this afternoon what would happen if we realized that Jesus was not committed to us or devoted to us he was so committed and devoted to us the Bible says that he gave up all of his divine prerogatives and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross he paid an ultimate sacrifice he was committed to you and I so that you and I would have the opportunity to come into this kingdom and yet oftentimes we so water it down and we so look at it in in a lackadaisical atmosphere or an attitude that says, well, you know I was up late last night and I really could use a nap, so I think I'll just uh I'll just stay home today and nobody's going to miss me and and what that does is it tells God that God, you're not all that important because, and somebody says, well, I don't need to have church to have God. Well, the Bible shows us that the church is the body of Christ, spiritually speaking. And so if you don't have time for the spiritual body of Christ on earth today, that's telling Christ you don't have time for him. And, and that's what, that's when our focus is out of, out of focus. It's poor. It's poor. When we are in focus, we are committed to the things of God, the the kingdom of God. We are devoted and committed to the things of the church. And we uh, respond to Christ like he responded to us when he said, I love you so much that I'm going to lay it all on the line and be totally committed to paying the price for you to become like me. The next aspect that lets us know that we become focused on the kingdom is we focus through biblical obedience. Verse number 42, it says they continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. They continued steadfastly in the teaching. They they were obedient to what the apostles were teaching, what the Bible was teaching. Um, because here's what I believe. I believe that the majority of people that we come into contact with or have influence with They want to know what's different about you, what's different about me. And the only way that we can really show a difference is our behavior is different or our obedience level is different. It's when the day gets tough, do you still rejoice evermore? When things don't seem to be going your way, are you in everything giving thanks Because when you start becoming biblically obedient to the things of God, people notice your response. And they may not understand what your response is all about, but there's something that gets triggered inside of them that says, I want something like that. They've had a miserable day and I've watched it, and yet they have a smile on their face because they are giving, and they're giving thanks to God for this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Whether or not it all falls apart or not, I'm going to rejoice in it when we become biblically obedient in that regard people notice and not only people but the spirits of this world notice our adversary notices and the angelic host notices and god notices when we become biblically obedient to him it, it's like it's like when 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 my father and mother raised me and now i'm raising my boys when i would do something that they asked me to do um It was more often if I did it and was obedient that I would have other things come that that were more for me. Uh, My mom and dad would open up, you know, yeah, go play an extra hour outside because you took care of doing what I asked you to do before. Go skate for another hour and whatever it might be. And and I believe that God is, is similar to that mindset. He put it in King James Version. He's been faithful in a little. I'll make him a servant overall. And when you're faithful and obedient to the things that God has spoken into you through his word and whether you understand that obedience or not, sometimes I don't understand what it means to rejoice evermore because sometimes I don't feel like it, but then I remember that Jesus said to do it. And so when I biblically obey that and I begin to do that, then I all of a sudden feel the presence of God lift me up and encourage me. So we focus through biblical obedience. We focus through fellowship. Again, in verse 42, they they continued steadfastly. This has been difficult for the last couple of months with our pandemic that's going on and our separation uh, from one another, but fellowship is very important. Now, fellowship is not just getting together, okay? It's not just showing up in the same room. Fellowship is where we begin to share things with one another, and it promotes empathy um, it promotes edification, it, it promotes encouragement, because quite frankly, if you look on Facebook or other social media platforms, you never see what's truly happening in somebody's life, because most of us don't want to, to put it out there what we're actually dealing with, what we're struggling with, and, and, but when we're together and we begin to have fellowship with one another, it, it, it's, it's the body connecting with one another and allowing us to show empathy with one another, encouragement for one another, edification for one another. And there is a difference between edification and encouragement. I'll just give you a 30-second Bible study on that, and that is this. Encouragement makes you feel better. Edification lifts you up and puts something under so that it elevates you. Um, And and what I mean by that is uh, encouragement is something that uh, is, is based on emotion, and it makes you feel good. But edification is doing something uh, that lifts you up and puts a platform underneath you to put your feet back on solid ground. But when you get your foot back on solid ground, you've already elevated, been elevated by the edification of another. That happens through fellowship. And a kingdom-focused people focus on fellowship. I love being able to see everybody's face on Sunday. I've missed not being able to be with everybody each week because I'm missing out on the fellowship aspect of the kingdom of God and the focus of fellowship creates in each one of us that empathy or that edification and encouragement and and for me as a preacher as a pastor it was very difficult for those few weeks of preaching to a camera because I couldn't I didn't have the connection I didn't have the fellowship when people are in the sanctuary as I'm preaching fellowship is happening and I am sensing from the people that I'm speaking to what's going on and god there's a spiritual connection that takes place and i will preach things that i never thought i was going to say but there's been a connect point well when when people weren't in the sanctuary and it was just me speaking to a camera or here at the house when i was speaking into a camera eh, there wasn't that connection there wasn't i didn't have that feedback i didn't have that fellowship so i found it very difficult for me as a preacher uh to really connect with what was going on because i didn't see and didn't have that connection for empathy and encouragement and edification. So if uh, fellowship is very important and it focuses us in. The next thing that we focus is focus through prayer. Focus through prayer. A kingdom-focused church or a kingdom-focused believer is somebody that operates in prayer. In our men's breakfast uh, last Saturday, we had a good conversation Uh, about prayer and and I was very encouraged by it I want to encourage you that prayer the Bible here again says pray without ceasing so what does that mean (laughs) and I shared with the the men that there's really three levels of prayer um, or three dynamics of prayer and and uh, I believe that if you you'll never function in all three at the same time all the time because you would never you'd never stop um, but you'll function in one of the three at all times. One of the, the first level of prayer is just casual conversation. Um, the Bible likens things to uh, a marital relationship, and so I, I kind of tend to even focus prayer on that. There's, there's times when my wife and I just have ca- casual conversations. It's uh, about the day, about you know, we're together, we talk about... Whatever is going on it's just it's there's nothing deep about it there's nothing casual. I have that conversation with the Lord all the time. Then the second one the level uh of prayer is supplication if you will it's it's uh coordination it's there are times when my wife and I sit down, we pull out the calendar. And we begin to plan and we organize and we have conversations about what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there. And there are those times in prayer that we have to do that. God, okay, you're wanting this and I'm I'm needing to get this taken care of and I need to get this taken care of and help me do this and let's move this. And how do you want me to do this and where do you want me to go here? And then the third level of prayer I call warrior prayer. And that is when the first two are taken care of. Well, God will call you to a prayer time of fighting and taking control in the spirit and beginning to advance the kingdom through your prayers. Prayer is very essential. Um, The one thing that I I would remind you on all levels of those, uh, levels of prayer, if you will, is the one scripture that says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's found in the book of James chapter 5. And there's been a lot of teaching about that, um, but I would just share with you in that passage, effectual fervency is not energy. It's not beating your fist on, a, on, on the floor. It's not screaming to the top of your lungs. What, may, what is effectual fervency in that scripture, if you do a deep dive into what the words mean in that, it simply means this, aligning your will to his will. When your will becomes aligned to his will, That's what makes it effectual, and that's what makes it fervent. And you can do that emotionally. You can do that with that fervent, you know, pounding on the chair as you're praying, or or it can simply be a a, a mental, I am submitted to you, God. And all of a sudden, you'll find that that can be very powerful, and it will focus you. We focus, if we're going to be kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused, we need to focus on the power of God. The power of God. And here's the thing that you have to understand about the power of God. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. But He doesn't stop there. That's where we usually like to stop quoting. But there's another phrase to that scripture that says, according to the power that worketh in us. You see, God, his work goes through us. He uses us as tools and instruments. Now, does he have to? no and there's times that he does things that, that we could never do and but but he's wanting to use his people as instruments and tools of his power um, which lets us know that if we're focused on the kingdom we're going to be a part of something much bigger than who we are uh, the kingdom of God is so much bigger than what our little uh, orbs and spheres of living operate in and uh, at one in one way, that's exciting. In the other way, it's, it's a little bit scary because we're, we're getting into areas that we're not comfortable with. But like I said at the beginning, the kingdom's not designed for our comfort. But when we step out, it's powerful to watch God work. And he uses us to do it according to the power that worketh in us. He can do anything that he imagines, but he's going to do it through us primarily. And so to become focused on the power of God working in us allows us to be used of him like we wouldn't normally be used. And that brings focus. We have focus in the kingdom through unity. Verse 44 says that all believers were together. They had all things common. The, to have unity is not just being, not just thinking the same way. It's not just agreeing. It's, you can have disagreement, but you can agree to be together. Here's what unity really is. Unity is the process by which you and I partner or share with one another that which God is trying to do. So when we pray, God, unite us, we're not asking him to make us a bunch of robots that can't think for ourselves and don't have our own opinions. But when we, when we pray, God, unite us, what we're praying is God, partner us together to share with one another, uh, to put us on even... Uh, footing, if you will, so that two is greater than one. Three is greater than two. Four is greater than three. And the more partners that you have, the more um, people that are united together, the stronger that the body becomes. And then we become more focused and the kingdom becomes more active. And when we become more focused and the kingdom becomes more active, more stuff begins to happen and more lives are touched. And after all, the kingdom is about the lives of those that don't know Christ. And if we're going to become kingdom focused, all this stuff that we're talking about, it serves the purpose of glorifying God. And then if we're going to glorify God, we're going to do God's ministry, which was to seek and to save that which was lost. Um, we gain focus through fulfillment. The Bible says, as every man had need, their needs were met. As we try in the best of our ability to fulfill the needs of one another, we are focusing on the kingdom. If I spend more time talking about your needs than my wants, if I'm spending more time talking about your needs than my wants, I am focused on the kingdom. There's a lot of things that we want, but there's some things that people need. And if I'm focused on their need instead of my want, God is glorified and it it causes a focus to come in and the kingdom is focused. And when we're kingdom focused, God is able to meet those needs. And so the concept of fulfillment or meeting one another's needs, that's not just on a, a financial level or a food level. Um, there are some people that gather when we gather together, they are struggling, they are fighting, they are hurting. And because of that, It's up to us. If we're kingdom focused, we will go out of our way, whether we feel like it or not, as God prompts us to encourage them or to be there for them or to say something to them. And uh, when that begins to happen, when those needs are being met all across the board, the kingdom is focused. And uh, when the kingdom is focused, not only is the kingdom focused, it is the focus. When the kingdom of God is at hand, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. Anything can happen when the kingdom is there. We become focused through our worship. There's a reason why we open our services with praise and worship and not with the word of God. Praise and worship is, uh, let me just say it this way, praise and worship is not designed for God. Okay, now God loves our worship. God wants to have us worship, but God He knows what he's all about. (laughs) What worship and praise does is it unites our heart to his. It prepares our minds and our hearts to receive what. So, in other words, as our praise and our worship goes out to him, it creates the connection for him to put back into us. If we just come in without any praise or worship, Yeah, we'll get some of the word, but we're not connected with him in spirit because the Bible says they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. That worship is the thing that connects our heart to his heart. And as we worship, it brings us focus. It's the reason why you cannot truly worship God and speak evil about your brother at the same time. It's impossible. Try it. You just can't do it. If you're truly worshiping, it's only going to be about God. If you're truly lifting him up, you can't be talking negative about your neighbor. If you're truly worshiping, you can't really even be complaining about your situation. If you're truly lifting him up in praise and worship, you, you forget even about your aches and pains. Because you are focused in on him. And when you're focused in on him, that's when he begins to move. And then some. oftentimes what ends up happening is after he begins to move in your praise and worship... You walk away and you forget why you were upset with your neighbor. And you forget what, what irritated you about that certain situation. And, and, and you, you forget what you were actually even complaining about because things have totally shifted and changed because you've now connected and focused in on the things of God. So people encounter God through worship. That's how you encounter him. So my suggestion to you if you're if you're having a dreary day, if you're feeling a little depression or despair or things are going bad, turn on some worship music and just begin to worship. It's not about whether or not it makes you feel good in that moment, it's about whether or not he deserves to be worshiped. And when you when you obey biblically to worship him in spirit and in truth as you lift that up, you will find without too much time that gone by, that you will begin to feel better. So the other thing, the next thing, I've got two more, and then I want to, to spend a couple minutes closing out. We focus through a good name. We focus through a good name. Jesus placed his name upon us. Spirit of Grace Church has the name of Jesus upon us. And so when we're focused, we make sure that our church name which is connected to Christ, has a good name. It's the reason why you hear me uh, teach and preach that if you go out to eat and you uh, let people know that you're a member of our church, make sure you tip well, whether the server deserves it or not, because you are placing our name out there for people. I was talking to a preacher one time. um, He had somebody that, that was of ill repute. He was a drug dealer, but he called his... Uh, home was the it had the same name that the church had, and so the church had started uh, in, in the community. They had started connecting the two together and it dragged the name of the church down. And the pastor had to fight to get that name corrected, that reputation corrected, because that's what brings focus to the kingdom. I want people, when people come to our church or they see our name in the community, I want people to know that's a church that is loving, that is caring, that there's something different about them, not because we're weird and awkward, but because we've come into contact with something that is powerful and it makes them ask in question questions. What did they have that I don't have? But when we destroy that name or that reputation, it, 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 let, me, let me put it to you in the King James Version. That they had favor with all the people. They had favor with all the people. I want to build up favor with the people in our community. I want to, just on an individual basis and a church basis, I want my reputation to be such that it doesn't put a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Are we going to be perfect? Are, there, are we all, always going to do that which is right or not offend anybody? No, there's going to be somebody that we say something or do something that's going to, to, to make them mad or offend them. I get that. But the reputation of the church, the reputation of who I am as a follower of Christ, directly reflects on the reputation of the person that I follow jesus christ and his name is incredible there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved i want his reputation to be the best that it can be in our community and so i'm going to focus on that and then the last thing that gives us focus in this passage is the focus of continuing continuing it's not a one-time deal We don't serve God for a short amount of time and then go on. Our life has to center around continually doing these things that I've talked about, continuing to to be um, be converted. Listen, your conversion isn't a one-time experience. If I look back over the last 15 or 20 years of my life, there's been a whole lot of converting that's gone on where God has changed the way I think. God has changed the way I respond. God has let me see things in a different light. I see things differently today than I did when I was just starting out my ministry. I have a whole different respect for people uh, today than I did back then. Back then it was, well, just get your act together. Now I I have somewhat of a sympathy and and we're able to to look through the eyes of Christ because it's a continual process of focusing on conversion, of change. Uh, It's a continual concept of recognizing the blessings. There's an old hymn that says, count your blessings, name them one by one. And uh, if you spent enough time, you'd have a whole lot of time trying to count your blessings and and going through it. It's got to be a continual look. Uh, Continually being devoted and committed. The concept of being committed for three months, I'm going to commit for three months. Well, that's good for that three months. But in order to be focused on the kingdom or to become kingdom-focused, It's a continual commitment. It's a a lifelong commitment. God's not in this for the short term. God didn't commit to you in the short term. He's not expecting us to commit to him in the short term. It's continually being biblically obedient, whether we understand it or not. You cannot be biblically obedient if you haven't read the scripture. I wish I could tell you that, but there's been so many people that have gotten into trouble because they're taking the word of somebody else that shares the scripture with them, and they may not have shared the scripture the right way. You've got to dig this out for yourself. I can't dig it out for you. I can help. I can share. I can expound. I can preach. I can teach. But when God really wants to speak to you, he's going to speak to you through his word, and you're going to have to be obedient to his word, but you can't do that if you don't know it. So I challenge you tonight to to continually get into his word, to to continue to fellowship. The Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'm thankful that in the season that we're in, that God has given us this technology, that we're able to get together at least virtually online, that we are connecting to one another, at least in this measure. Um, It's so important that we connect with one another um, through prayer continual prayer Uh, i'm thankful for our elders that come on wednesdays and pray and and that are there on sundays and pray and we do things through prayer uh faithfully day in and day out and this week we're fasting sweets i know some of you were you just gone shopping they'll stay frozen and uh you can have them sunday afternoon for dessert uh and negative thoughts we fasted negative thoughts And uh, it was kind of funny because some people thought the negative thoughts were going to be an easy thing to fast, but the sweets were not. And some thought the sweets were going to be easy, but the negative thoughts weren't going to be very easy. And um, the whole point of it, though, is to bring ourselves under self-control and under the control of the Spirit through fasting. We have to continually acknowledge that we are instruments of God's power. We have to continually fight for the unity of the Spirit. Unity is something that we have, partnering together and sharing together is something that we have to fight for in the Spirit. It doesn't just happen, and quite frankly, it's one of the things that I believe the adversary is trying to do in this day and age is to divide the church, and it's time that we need to step up and unite through the power of the Holy Ghost on a continual basis, not just when we get together for dinner, not when we just get together for church, but on on a weekly, daily basis in the Spirit. I pray for you, you pray for me. We need one another to survive. We need to be leaning on one another's prayers, knowing that across town, you're praying for me. And when I'm driving down the road, I'm praying for you. There's something about that power of unity that allows us to not just get through the day, but effectively get through the day and be a powerhouse. We need to continue to meet the needs of one another. We need to continue to worship. We need to continue to work on the name and the reputation that Christ has given us. It's a continual deal. It's not a one-time end-all thing. And so our challenge right now is to become kingdom-focused. And the way to do that, I'm going to just give you five things here real quick that gets myself kingdom-focused. Number one, I look at myself differently. I don't look at myself as a member of a church. I don't look at myself as a follower of Christ. I look at myself as an ambassador of Christ. I look at myself as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Minister's minister is not just a preacher, not just a pastor. A minister is anybody that is willing to become kingdom focused. Am I, am I being a minister? Am I being an ambassador? Or am I just being a member of another club, of, of another church? Am I just in it for myself? Number two, we need to learn to share our faith. For some of us, that's a lot more difficult. For some of us, we can talk to anybody anywhere. Some of us, we walk out with friends and we turn and we wonder how long they knew the person and they had just met them. And uh, then there's some others that it's very difficult to talk to. In all of it, we can share our faith. And here's how we do it without having to get into long dialogues. It's we smile at people. We have what we used to call spiritual conversations. How are you doing? Uh, I've been praying for you. Uh, you know, as you begin a relationship with somebody and you begin to talk, you will you have to listen to what they're, what's going on in their life, and then you can ask them. You know, you said last week that your family was going through some things. How's it going? I've been praying for you. I've been thinking about you. That's sharing your faith. Number three, we need to think beyond the walls. That's both spiritual and Physical. We need to think beyond our own abilities and, and, and place in God's ability. If God's asking you to do something, whether you understand it or not, you've already been equipped to do it. God has already put it in you to have the ability to do what he's asking you or he would not ask you to do it. And so we would encourage you to think beyond the walls of your physical boundaries as well as, you know, when you say that as a church, a lot of times, well, let's get, we got to get it outside the four walls of our church. Well, we're doing that. We're doing that online. We're doing that wherever we go. And uh, number four, we need to ask God for opportunity and not just for opportunity, but to recognize opportunity for focus. Uh, Recognize the opportunity to, to, to minister to somebody. You know, it's not that we don't have the opportunities. It's oftentimes that we don't recognize that as an opportunity. Oh, that person said hi to me in the store today. That was just, that was coincidence, well, could that maybe have been an opportunity that God was placing in your path to respond and say, "Hello, how are you? I'm 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 Tim Sanders" and, and and begin a conversation with somebody. What are those opportunities? Ask God to to help to help us recognize those. And then lastly, we need to rely on God's power. God's power. When we rely on him and not on ourselves and not some method or model that seems to have been proven for somebody else, but we rely on the power that God has placed in us, we become more effective. Now, I want to close just with this statement. I've talked tonight about becoming kingdom-focused. And and, 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 I, and I want us to get to that place where we are kingdom-focused because when we're kingdom-focused, then the kingdom will come into focus for others. When you and I are focused on the kingdom... Others will be able to, it's like we become the magnifying glass for somebody. And as they look through us, they see the kingdom. We reflect the kingdom when we're kingdom focused. And this world, I'm sorry, I don't don't speak prophetically here. I just speak what the word says. And the word says that this world is not going to get any better. Jesus said it's going to wax worse and worse. But if the world is waxing worse and worse, it means the kingdom has the opportunity to rise. The kingdom of God have, has the opportunity, and you and I are being asked to be a part of this kingdom and focused in this kingdom so that we can reflect that kingdom to a world that's going uh, diminishing quickly and going downhill quickly. And I believe that God is going to use this time and season to. Uh, at least one more time, bring a mighty harvest to this world if you and I will take the time to do what we shared with you tonight and become kingdom-focused for him. Praise God. I believe that we are in a situation or in a series uh, of situations uh, throughout our, our country and around the world that is trying to take our focus off the kingdom of God and put it on the kingdom of man. All of the stuff that's been going on from health stuff, pandemic stuff, to racial things, to government things, to political things, to the election, to all of that. The, the adversary is trying to use all of that stuff to get us so earthly focused that we become uh, out of focus when it comes to the kingdom. Here's what I know about what's going on here. God is still in control. And if I'm connected to his kingdom, no matter what happens in this kingdom here in the world, I'm going to be okay. And and, and so I want to challenge you over the next several days to take this word of God and apply it to your life and become kingdom focused. Um, I believe that God's going to bless and use us. Would you just join me in prayer here as we come to a close? Lord, for all of those that are joining us online tonight on Zoom, those that watch later on after it's broadcast on youtube and the other platforms that we have i'm asking you god as they are listening or watching this i'm asking something to step into their heart and into their mind help us to become kingdom focused help us to tune out all of the stuff that's going on in the world both good and bad help us just to tune all of that out and to to fix our eyes and to fix our heart on you. As the psalmist said, let my heart be fixed on you. I want to have my focus on you and your kingdom and what you're doing. Help us to take these principles of focus tonight in the kingdom and, and begin to attach them to our lives and embrace them so that we can ultimately bring focus of the kingdom to those that don't know who you are. Lord will be careful to give you praise and glory, and should you tarry, we'll come back together on Sunday and next week, both online and in person. And and Lord, we'll thank you again for your blessings tonight. Be with each one, and should you tarry, we'll worship you together again. One way or the other, God, we're going to see you face to face, either spiritually or in person. I look forward to that day when I can see that I have come into your kingdom forever. In Jesus' name I pray. I love you. I adore you. I praise you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen, amen. Thank you all for joining us on Facebook and uh, being with us tonight. Uh, Just want to remind you of all of the things. You can check us out at spiritofgracechurch.org and you can uh, see all of the things that are happening at our church. And if you're local and you don't have a home church, we invite you to come and and check us out. We'd love to have you and uh, look forward to being together at 1030 on Sunday morning at Spirit of Grace Church. God bless.